Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 175. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week on the show, Forest CEO Ronan Percival is taking over for a virtual sit-down with James Davis from Play Salon in the UK to discuss his recent projects, but also what changes lockdown and reopening have brought to his salon. So, grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. I remember when I first opened up Clay and I took that loan and the risk I was doing 16 hour days and digging deep and I for the first time you know after you know 10 years of actually getting the best commodity in life which is time um, and all of a sudden that was being stripped away from me because I had to dig deep again and go back to like 16 hour days thinking outside the box and and what I could do in this window. Event plus reaction equals the outcome. You know, a bad event with a bad reaction is gonna, uh, is gonna equal a really bad outcome, but a bad event plus a really positive reaction um, can spin into a really positive outcome. And I've always kind of had that mindset. So after the little wobble, when the announcements were happening, it was quickly spun into a, right, what we gotta do here and rally some people together. In episode 168, we heard from Amber Pope and Amanda Byers' experiences with transitioning back into business over in the US. In episode 174, we heard from John Hickey, the Operations Director of The Green Room, and Greg Clark of Clash Hair Group to see how they were getting on with life in Ireland. On this episode, we've decided to switch things up a little bit and actually bring in our very own Ronan Percival. So Ronan is going to sit down with James Davis, the owner of Clay Salon in London, UK, to see how life has been like for UK salons transitioning back into business. James Davis is a visionary entrepreneur who first stepped into the hair industry at 13 years of age and who already had a family background in hairdressing. So it was a natural career path for him to explore. In 2009, he opened the now award-winning hair salon Clay in a affluent village of the UK and it has become a firm favourite with locals and the go-to salon in the area. Uh, Clay was actually crowned the most loved salon in the borough and in addition to this, just a year after its opening, Clay won Independent Salon and Business Newcomer at the Hairdressers Journal British Hairdressing Business Awards. Since then, the salon has been shortlisted for Salon Design of the Year, Salon Team of the Year, Front of House Team of the Year, Customer Care and Retail Salon of the Year in the British Hairdressing Business Awards, and has also been recognised in Creative Head Magazine's prestigious Most Wanted Awards for Best Local Salon. James is an inspiring leader. He's passionate about developing and rewarding his staff. He's got a 95% staff retention rate since opening the salon in 2009. And much of his salon's success can be attributed to the carefully selected team at Clay. James's business acumen combined with his incredible network makes him a magnet for like-minded entrepreneurs and salon owners. And so we hope you enjoy today's interview. James. Uh, brilliant to have you onto the podcast. I've um, been looking forward to having an interview like this with you for a long time, even before COVID. Um, but obviously with everything that's happened during COVID and the many things that you um, implemented yourself in your own business and in your own town, um, outside of the salon business as well, which I'm dying to hear a bit more about. And uh, I think there's a lot of people out there be interested to hear about it. So welcome to the Forest Podcast. Thank you. Delighted to be here, bud. First of all, yeah, like, so, so how are you guys doing right now? How, how's everything? Yeah, I mean, it's, do you know what, honestly, it's been one of those rare occasions in your business life that you actually have an opportunity to kind of just pause and, and reevaluate and diversify and adjust and adapt to this bizarre situation. Um, for me and Clay, but also, you know, we're in a fairly small community village. It's uh, It's been an unparalleled positive for um, keeping us all together mm. as one whilst we have to stay apart. Um, I think that that has been, there's been a huge sense of unity. So, yeah, you know, I've taken the ball by the horns and, and really tried to spin the biggest negative in our, you know, touch wood in our life that we're going to experience into some form of positivity yeah. um, as best as I can, really. So I want to get in, into some of those things, but beforehand, um, just for our listeners, because I would say at least half our listener base isn't from the UK. It's okay. from, you know, across the States and Ireland and, and other countries. So yeah. in Australia as well. So 
just tell us maybe a little bit about your business, you know, how, how many years it's going, wh- whereabouts you are based. Yeah, okay. And um, uh, just to kind of give everyone a little bit of a flavour of, of what your business was before COVID. Yeah, okay, great. Perfect. So, yeah, so Clay Hair Salon, we're based um, in Oxshot, a small village in Surrey in the United Kingdom. Um, we opened the doors in 2009. That's when I launched the salon, December 2009. So we we just only, as we come out celebrating our, our decade anniversary, um, the kind of COVID um, kicked in. Mm. Um, so it was an element of we're there celebrating a huge milestone for the business as we're about to enter an unparalleled chapter. But um, yeah, the village, it's a very, a very unique place Okshot. it's it's uh, a very affluent village um and that was kind of one of the reasons that i plugged clay there because um there was a hell of a lot of chimney pots and a lot of homes but there wasn't actually um any salons at the time um and so i just wanted to create a real destination point for bringing those people out of the houses to come into um our wonderful salon but yeah, over the course of the 10 years we've been, in year one, we were recognised as um, independent business newcomer in the British Hairdressing Business Awards. And then subsequently, um, in multiple years following that, Salon Team of the Year, um, Salon Design, Retail Salon of the Year, Front of House Team of the Year, a lot of the um, the kind of key recognitions at the British Hairdressing Business Awards, we were in the final of pretty much most of the categories um, across a number of years. We didn't end up pipping to the first place, but being recognised in the top five in the country across multiple um, categories was a, was a special place for us, to be honest. Mm. And you've, you've also um, gone beyond the salon as well, because uh, you, you've, you've been <laughs> yeah. telling me about some of the different products that you've been working on yourself. Yep. Do you want to yep. share some of that as well? Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, after five years of having clay, it was a question of I wanted to diversify and continue to grow as a businessman, really. So alongside um, business coaching other people within the industry and trying to support or help them in their journey um, as a bit of a pay it forward, um, Mm. I also launched my own hair care brand, Hera, Hera Protecting Hair Perfume, that um, I sold a big portion of nearly four or five years ago now um, to uh, a, for, a company over in the Middle East. So a lot of the channel and the direction of Hera is over in the Middle East and I still have to pop over there and continue evolving that in the background. Um, but I guess of late, my kind of real focus has been investing even further in the village that has given me and my family um, real stability. And, that, and so I've invested yeah. heavily as a landlord across multiple shops and flats in the in the village of Oxshot. Oh, have you in Oxshot? Okay, so that so yeah. when we're coming to this now, that's kind of interesting because then you're when COVID uh, arrived, yeah. well, um, it's impacting you more than just in the salon. Then, so so 100%. what? What? Yeah, so just what was going through your head when it happened? Like how 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 did it affect you? And maybe just quickly tell us, you know, the steps that kind of impacted for you at the start. Yeah, I think, um, listen, I've always had this mindset, you know, I've had uh, business coaches, um, one in particular, Simon Broom, and he, he always had this kind of instilled saying in that he made me embed into me, which was uh, event plus reaction equals the outcome. You know, a bad event with a bad reaction is going uh, is gonna to equal a really bad outcome, but a bad event plus a really positive reaction um, can spin into a really positive outcome. And I've always kind of had that, mindset so i don't I, I can't explain it too much but i don't really have a fear of of failure or i just look at it mm. as a as a big test to keep on continuously learning and evolving so yeah i i mean after the little wobble when the announcements were happening it was yeah. quickly spun into a right what we got to do here and rally some people together so yeah so tell us about that so so at the start yeah. was it more just with your team and how they responded to everything, and then you started to go look beyond that into the village itself, right? So, how quickly did that happen? Yeah, I mean, for the team, for the team, it was obviously a real panic moment because, ironically, a lot of my team over the course of the last, I would say, six to twelve months, have all recently just got on the property ladder. So they've taken this huge leap in their life, um, you know, and that's been a huge part of my kind of coaching and leadership I've wanted every single one of them to 
we all write down bucket lists every year of things they want to achieve in their life and that's something that I want to work towards helping them you know yeah. create those milestones I don't want any of my team ever to, to kind of get the green eye monster on, on what I'm setting out to achieve I want them to have their own you know um, uh, bucket list and that's mm. something that ironically many were like they wanted to get on the property ladder yeah. and then as soon as we start achieving those milestones and all of a sudden bang so it was more about giving them comfort it was more about making them feel safe, um, not just with health, but also financially. And, and I made sure, you know, the government, I felt, were fantastic um, in yeah. allowing furlough to be introduced because I think that, that allowed business owners to stay composed and, and allowed to make um, fairly strategic decisions rather than erratic, mm. quick off the fire cuff decisions. So, um, yeah, that was, that was my, my key, was just make sure the team felt safe both health-wise and financially. And then, yeah, and then tell us about what happened then. So you, 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 you kind of got everything locked down like everyone did, but you, you worked with your team, got them into a good place. A lot of them would have gone on yes. furlough, obviously. And then, yeah, what yeah. happened then? <laughs> well, so I guess, I guess the point was is that I actually, um, I mean, they're always going to look to their, their leader, right, and how they react and how they mm. um, dig deep in these kind of milestones. And I kind of said to them, you know, this is, a moment where I want you to evaluate stuff in your private life. Don't worry about the business because that's something that right now I'm going to channel all my energy. And when I, I call on you to to volunteer in some of my little ideas that I'm going to have for this village and to help not just Clay but the rest of the village um, evolve, I'm going to be calling on you at times to, to kind of step forward as volunteers and help. But in the meantime, don't worry about a thing. You're going to be on your furlough, so financially you're going to be okay. I didn't let any of my team go. Um, and subsequently, it was. It felt like I'd gone back ten years because I remember mm. when I first opened up Clay and I took that loan and the risk. I was doing sixteen-hour days and digging deep, and I, for mm. the first time, you know, after you know ten years of actually getting the best commodity in life, which is time. Um, I'd had a beautiful time for three years, um, actually controlling time. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden that was being stripped away from me because I had to dig deep again and go back to like 16 hour days thinking outside the box and and what I could do in this window. So it was think, thinking about Clay and my team, but also as the village as a whole, because I saw potentially the soul was about to get ripped back out of Oxshot um, and go back 10 years. Tell me about that. What was your fear there? Um, I just, I, I feared that we, when I walked into Oxshot 10 years ago, there was no real soul. And I was worried yeah. that all the other businesses would fall um, and we could end up seeing a village with shops closing down left, right and centre and and all of a sudden this soulless village, you know, being being back and taking 10 years again to work up. So it was a moment where I had to think swiftly outside the box, not just for me and my team, but for all the other businesses to to keep us together. And like that's, that's something that I think a lot of salon owners... Um, have been dealing with uh, over the last sort of 10, 15 years is that the salon in a lot of small towns and, and villages, yeah. a lot of the businesses have gone, but the salons are, the salon is still there or has become more of a linchpin of the village than it would have been maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know that village very well. So is, is that something that by opening the salon, you were creating more of a commercial life there in, this, in, in the village itself? Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, listen, I think it's it's one of those things. When you look at what's happened during this lockdown, it's not, you know, you look at the NHS and their phenomenal effort. You look at the teachers, mm. you look at general um, fields that have been significantly undervalued. And, and I think, you know, hairdressing plugs into that. I think people have seen, you see how much it changes people's confidence their outlook um you know even doing all these zoom calls i mean you can imagine right is that yeah. they're doing all these zoom calls and they're not they're on a screen all of a sudden they're feeling so that the, the the confidence was lacking because the hair wasn't done um and it was amazing how many people actually felt that um yeah the confidence was not and i think that that was evident as soon as we were coming out the other side of lockdown um the hairdressing industry, how so many people, if they were asked, what was your one thing that if, if you come out of COVID, what's the one thing and the first thing that you're going to be doing? It was all 
I'm getting to the hair salon. Yeah. So um, that spoke volumes, right, for our industry. No shadow of a doubt. So what, you were worried that, that the soul would be ripped out of the village. So just tell me a little bit what you mean by that. Like if the salon went, that there would be, there would be nothing else there kind of holding it together? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think, I think, listen, in 2008, we had a recession, right? Yeah. And there was commercials closed and, and we actually opened up a year as we were coming out of the recession. Um, we opened up Clan. Everyone thought I was bonkers. Yeah. Um, but I felt that opening up a central hub in a village where you could all of a sudden draw footfall, build this destination point. And I'll be honest with you, Ronan, I always had this mindset that I didn't want it to just end there. I felt there was other commercials in the village and other businesses in the village that I felt were, were all about passion, but they didn't really have a great business acumen. Yeah. And that's where I wanted to try and help as the residents helped me. I wanted to kind of run that round and pay it forward and help these other businesses evolve and grow. And I think that, yeah, that's, 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 I guess why I, on two things over the last two years, I've invested in buying eight shops in the village, um, and flats and, um, I guess that's why I felt as a kind of community spearhead in Oxshot that a lot of people looked at me, how I was going to pull the community together in this window. Um, so I had to step up tenfold. So you had a few ideas, but tell us about which, which ones yeah. were that had the biggest impact. Yeah, I guess the key one was really, I set up a, um, a platform um, which was just thinking outside the box. As you may or may not know, I've also got a coffee house in the village called Munch and Wiggles, which is the nickname of my children. So my, my kids are nicknamed Munch and Wiggles. So I set up a coffee house a couple of years ago, um, and that was another destination point. There was never a coffee shop in the whole village. Um, and so I asked the village, I used the, you know, the, the, the database and that, that talking, what would you all love to see? What, you know, what is it you want me to bring in? I've invested in this shop. They all said coffee shop and a real hub for the community. Great, there you go. I'll put it in there, but you got to help me get it right because it's not a, it's not my field. Instead of being a, a high margin um, platform, this is a low tag bill. You know your average bill, rather than being eighty to hundred pound per client, you're talking five six pounds. It's a totally different end mm. of the spectrum. But um, so that happened uh, a couple of years ago, and then I used that to rally together the whole village. So I set up, um, within 72 hours, I created this uh, platform called Oxshot Delivery, which was using all the local businesses to put on our online platform their home essentials um, and goods, basically, that the local community could go on and buy. Um, and with that, we would then get volunteers of the village um, who wanted to get out their homes and you can only get out your homes if you was a volunteer to help deliver home essentials and goods. Um, we then asked the village to come to forward um, and deliver goods and home essentials that were purchased online. The Oxshot Delivery was a sole, uh, sole um, non-profit platform. So all the money that come in went straight to the businesses that had their stuff sold on there. So Munch and Wiggles, the Butchers, the Oxshot Village store, the Premier store. Um, all of these so that actually the irony out of all of this is at one point we had 32 drivers a day um, going out delivering these goods and the businesses within the village had never turned over so much money it was it was bizarre um, but this happened so quickly um, and for me that was a massive milestone of actually saying to the entire community listen it's down to you and us to keep the businesses all afloat keep supporting them and shopping directly with them online and we'll get the volunteers of other residents to drop it to you. But then within 48 hours of launching that, where it was going so big, I then said to the village, listen, I want us to go one step further. I'm now going to ask you all, bear in mind it's a very affluent village, Ronan. It's, it's been voted uh, the most affluent village in the UK for about five, six years on the bounce auction. Mm. And I said to them all, this is your one opportunity to pay it forward. We've got shielding, we've got NHS key workers, we've got elderly and vulnerable, all locked at home. And a lot of them don't actually know how to use the online platform. So what actually happened, we launched these things called boom boxes, which were best of Oxshot merchants. And we created these kind of massive um, home essential goodie boom boxes that were filled with everything from fruit and veg to... Um, you know, breads to eggs to milks, the whole lot. Mm. And uh, a, a resident of Oxshot could go onto our platform and they could buy a donation box 
that then one of the volunteer drivers would take that donation box to one of the people in need. Wow. Yeah. And um, in that box, we actually, with the blessing and the consent of the people that donated it, we put inside the box run and the name of the person that kindly donated it with their email address, with their consent. Mm. And all of a sudden, we had this pen pal mentality where these people who were ranging from key worker families with very, very young kids that are unable to leave to uh, one lady, we, we 101 years old, um, who hadn't been visited in nearly four years, defending by herself. And um, it was just a beautiful platform that happened very quickly. The Sun newspaper, massive um, magazines and newspapers in the UK got wind of it. Mm. We had John Terry, the former England, goal, uh, England captain. We had Jamie Redknapp, um, ex-England player, the England football uh, assistant coach, Steve Holland. All of them come out the woodwork asking if they could be volunteer drivers to help get as much of these donation boxes out to the uh, people in need. And it was just something that was, it superseded any expectation, but it gathered a community that a lot of them never knew each other, yeah. Ronan, I'll be honest. A lot of people in this kind of bubble that we say mm. that we're in in Opshot, a lot of the people didn't even know their neighbours. Then all of a sudden, we've got this camaraderie yeah. and this togetherness that this village in 10 years has never experienced. And I felt completely humbled by that fact. But swiftly, I had a volunteer, one person doing social media, one person filtering out all the admin, one person doing all the back end of the website. I was spearheading the comms and the communication. It was a full team of volunteers um, that pulled together for it. So um, what that's done for the village has you know, we had people from all the neighbouring um, towns, Cobham, Isha, Fetcham, Ashton, Leatherhead, all saying, can your um, businesses in the village, can they supply all the main towns? So before we knew it, we actually had um, volunteer drivers dedicated now to taking local businesses' goods to the big towns that are meant to be the kind of you know, the ones keeping the little villages afloat. All of a sudden, you've got this baby village that is keeping all the towns afloat. Yeah. Um, so it was it was something that will go down without a shadow of a doubt in the history books of this particular time. I, I firmly mm. know that. And, and it's something that I'm consistently in communication with, you know, um, all these residents. Um, and a big, 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 big help of that, mate, I'll be honest, is Forrest. There's no shadow of a doubt. That was, Forrest was the actual... The point when I um, when this all happened, when I communicate with the team about you know lockdown, hair being passed down the line, we're going to propagate clients when we when we know. But I wanted them all to come forward if they were keen to kind of help. And if I wouldn't have had that support in the software, mate, I wouldn't have been able to reach who I did and when I did. Um, but it only got bigger. I'll be honest with you. And, and and we've got an army of new clients that I've never experienced. We would probably have now. We had 1.700 on the waiting list mm. as we've come back out of it, Ronan. But more importantly, we actually um, had a full army of new clients. And I'd say we've surpassed, if you're mm. looking at our day now in Forest and our light blue colours of new clients, I'd say it's it's 20% at least a new clients daily in the salon. Wow. It's not little yeah. numbers, it's serious, yeah. And that's because yeah, that's they've amazing. seen someone bringing them together. So, yeah. Yeah. That is, it's, it's an inspiration for like so many of our clients and people listening to this who are also in uh, communities and smaller towns or even bigger towns that mm. you can do this because um, the salon can really be a hub for everyone at a time when all these other businesses like post offices and pubs and yeah. all these other places are all either gone or closed yeah. because of COVID or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a brilliant way to, to, even just from a commercial point of view, and I, yeah. and I know you didn't do it purely mm. for the commercial reasons, as you've clearly mm. shown, but there's a huge commercial yeah, benefit to doing this too, which is great. Yeah. Well, I think I think our industry. Listen, you're not you're not going to get Ronan in our industry. I mean, the amount of people that traffic through a hair salon, and you know they've got that that relationship with the hairdresser and that kind of togetherness and camaraderie. And when you can speak to them on that level. Um, it's such a unique offering within our industry that you just don't get. You just yeah. don't get that in others. Um, so I feel that um, it's something where our industry is able to pull other industries together as well. You know, we haven't just looked at the hairdressing world mm. here. I feel that 
we've pulled together other fields, other sectors where a lot of them could be falling away, but because they're interested mm. in industry, um, I think we've had an opportunity, but more importantly, mm. you know, so many, Ronan, as you know now, mm. working from home, um, they're not going into the office. And this has created a whole new mm. wave um, of new clients for um, your salon. Because, I mean, our, our, our audience of gents before was, I don't know, about 15, 16% was gents um, that we had before lockdown. We're comfortably sitting at 60, 40 now, 60% women, 40% wow. gents, where all the gents that were traveling into the city are no longer. And there's no sign of them doing that again. So all the wives that have been coming in, they're all saying, can you now please look after my husband? Is there a way that we can get this done? And we're like, yeah, yeah. 100%, let's, let's start looking after the family. So it's gone from one member of a household to not just now mm. the kids, um, it's also, you know, now the fathers as well. And we're, we're offering these, these home visits as well during this window where we're not allowing more than a mother uh, to come in with a child. If there's more than one, we're actually offering the home visits to do a family under, under, under the umbrella of their house, um, which has made the families feel comfortable, but also allowed our team to really build a great rapport with a, yeah. with a whole new audience. And so like if, if your, your client base is now skewing more male because um, mm-hmm. not because you're losing as females as you're no, saying no, no. you're actually still gaining them but because you're yeah. getting this other side of of people's families and stuff like that are you changing the way you're pitching the salon as a result as well or are you actually just it's the same clay salon and it's just that they are now more open to that yeah i think i think well i mean Listen, I've diversified so much in our team because obviously we've got two bubbles now. The team's split in two. We we didn't want to be looking like we're cashing yeah. in as soon as the doors were back open, Ronan, that people can go, right, look, the salons are open, let's get them in, and you're still only a metre with these with you know an environment packed. So I, I didn't want that. I wanted it to be that you know not just my team feel safe, but the clients feel safe. They're coming in, there's a buzz, mm. but it's not busy um, in a way that would make them feel uncomfortable. Um, with all the PP in place. So what we're doing is we've actually got the two bubbles um, and actually offering Mm. home visits for families. Um, And that's something that we've never done before, um, but it's had a huge uptake um, because it's just allowed um, families to have their hair done all together under their own roof where they feel most safe. Um, So, yeah, I I, I don't know. I've I've just noticed... um, and I know a lot of people tried to capitalise on this yeah. really quickly as soon as the doors opened, but I felt that you don't want to all of a sudden go bang, bang yeah, with yeah. your spikes. You want to maintain steady management, you know. Yeah, like so many salons now have gone really quiet. It's like uh, yeah, it's like January, yeah. first week of January again mm. for, for loads of people. So that isn't the right yeah. thing either, right? Um, no, agreed, agreed. Yeah, that's... Um, so yeah, so tell us a bit more about that. You've two, you've two pods. So what do you mean? They they work morning and afternoon shifts or something, or how how do you do it? Similar, similar. So what we've done, Ronan, I've I'll tell you how I've looked at this. Right. So the way that clay was always worked in a village as well, it's very different to kind of towns and cities because a lot of them, which I have always believed in in business acumen, you sweat the asset, right? So if you're paying for a building seven days a week, you try and utilize it seven days a week. That's the reality. But we're in a village. And it's a very different mindset um, because mm. come the Sunday in a little village, it's very quiet. Um, but also, I've always been dubious, and this is the key thing what I'm about to touch on here. I believe in many businesses, you know when you talk to a lot of people and they're like, oh, I've made my bed, I'm going to line it, or I'm just, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've, I've done this business. Until you're thrown into a position. So, example, if I said, right, listen, um, I'm a business owner of another field and I've let this team member go um, and all of a sudden he's thinking, well, I've got no choice now. I've got to swim. You know, mm. it's not the single swim scenario. I've got to make this work. I've got to think outside the box. I've got to do something. We've all just been thrown into that position. Mm. We've all just been put into a position where, listen, we haven't, this is survival, right? We haven't got a choice now, but this is your opportunity to think, okay, I was thinking before, could it ever work for me with two teams? And I was so nervous about splitting up my team because we're, we're a real family in play, mm. like, and it's something that um, I never wanted to, to pull us apart in any way. Um, and actually, I thought, right, we're all five days a week. Um, I couldn't necessarily get another team to do a Sunday and Monday when we're closed. Um, and then this has all happened. 
And then this whole thing of, right, we need to split into two bubbles to kind of make this work and not feel too crazy in the salon. One bubble does Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 to 8. The next bubble does Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, 10 to 8. And then we rotate round. So every other week, one team gets the Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So every week, they basically get three days off, right? Mm. Um, And one thing that really... um, hit me so hard throughout lockdown that I'm very passionate about and I think it takes certain things in your life to happen to but one thing the biggest commodity that people have realized during lockdown more important than money and anything else is time and family right and this is something where I believe that business owners and I've always been a big believer in this, but I'm, I'm glad it's now like on a megaphone that I think the world is listening, mm. that people actually won't go back, Ronan, in my opinion, to mm. the, in the hairdresser world, uh, in the five-day long hours, um, five-day weeks. I don't think they will, and I think if they do, you're missing out on a big trick. So this is how I'm going to tell you how we're going to work it for Clay. So yeah. the two bubble teams, bear in mind we had... 10 stylists on the shop floor. We're using this as an example. 10 stylists on the shop floor, um, and it was mental. Fully busy all the time before COVID, right? Mm. And a lot of the team where it was consistently busy, it could be quite a stressful environment because you feel like you're just looking out for yourself because the team's so big, you can't really keep an eye on everyone else because you're focusing on your clients. Mm. Well, actually, now I've split the team into two, where I've got five stylists one day, five stylists the other, two assistants in each group, and one front of house in each group, okay? The beauty about it is they're all now looking out for each other because they're this now this small compact team that all of a sudden there's space, there's room, there's more banter and communication flowing because they're in such a little tight-knit group. Mm. But the best bit is they're now going to be doing three days, three days, so we're utilising six days in the week. Admittedly, at the moment, it's only half the team, but... What I'm able to do is actually introduce where I wouldn't have been able to get any more on the shop floor before. I can now introduce one or maybe two into each team. So eventually, if I can get to, let's just say, seven in each team, Mm. doing three long hours a week, and then one day on home visits to families, I'm actually getting an eight-day working week as opposed to five. And the money that our business is generating is way more consistently than what we were doing before lockdown. Yeah, so those, those and I'm interested about, because this is a big thing. Uh, I'm hearing, we're hearing loads of people, I'm, I'm seeing it myself yeah. as well, with our own business, which is different to hairdressing, but obviously, yeah. you know, people were working yeah. all in the office five days a week and all that craziness coming into a big city and all that. So let's just take the hairdressers who are doing this. They're working three days or four days sometimes, obviously, like you're saying. Are they earn, Are they still able to earn yes. the same yeah. money they were doing in five days? Yes, yes. So let me explain. So let me explain. Yeah. So before, the, so all the team was on a, like a 42-hour week, right? So let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. So what they're now doing is they're doing on three days, they're doing 10-hour days, so they're 30 hours. And then the one day that they're doing home visits is another long day. So it's four days with three days off. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. So before, where they might have been doing an eight-hour day, they're doing a 10-hour day on three days. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. But the difference is, unlike before, if every salon owner is very, very honest, your utilization would, in a salon, if you're running at an 80 85% yeah. um, across all your stylists, you're doing fantastic, right? Doing amazing. That's, yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. Now, we're looking at all of a sudden, because my team have kind of pulled them all together over three days, they're now actually utilising a full column. There is no gaps. Yeah. And there's waiting lists more consistently on that. So for me, I'm standing there saying, well, I would rather have my team at 100% capacity or even 95% capacity, right? Over three days than over May and, and 30 hours rather than 42-hour week over five days and at a 75, 80% occupancy. Yeah. So the actual earnings for the staff are equal to what they were doing over a five day week, yeah. but they get more time. And that's where I think that, I think I think this is paramount because I think also this routine shift of, you know, being on furlough, you know, it was important that people understood quite swiftly that, listen, this isn't a holiday. You know, I know you've had four months off, you're still being paid, mm. but it's given them time 
to appreciate what really matters. Mm. And I think that so many people and business owners were just running around in this wheel. We're earning yeah. the money. It's all survival. But you know what? The things that are most important, and we, we're in a world of distraction, Ronan. Yeah. You, you know this. It's, it's social media. We've never had this. But actually, we don't very often get an opportunity to pause and actually say, yeah. what are we doing it all for? Like, truthfully. And it's something to me that I changed for me three years ago as a businessman because I, I come off the shop floor um, three years ago when I lost my father and it was something that I actually said to my team, right, something's kind of significant happened in my in my life that what I'm about to do now is um, I'm going to offer you all a profit share platform in return for me to have time. So I'm going to share the fruits um, with you all to run this business and grow it I'm still going to lead and I'm still going to be there, but I will dictate whether I come in one day a week or seven days a week. That's going to be my choice. And I don't want you to be envious of that because I'm now going to let you to enjoy some of the fruits of the success of Clay, but without taking the risk. You don't have to risk and do your own salon because you're now going to be enjoying the fruits with me. Yeah. Um, but the only trade I want is time. Yeah. And that, that has allowed me, um, and that's what I felt was a big shift. But what a lot of salon owners will do, I hope, mm. is realize that that's where their team get most um, envious of. So all my salon has always opened at 10 o'clock, Ronan, over the last three years for one fundamental reason. Mm. I take my children to school in the morning mm. and I watch other team members who've got kids be jealous of that. And I said, right, let's change this. I want every single one of you who are families, I want you to take your kids to school. I don't want you to ever be jealous of me, ever. So now we're going to open at 10 o'clock every day and that's going to be a gift to you because it is a gift. You know, the houses, the cars, all of that fluff... It's irrelevant. Mm. It really is. And that's where a lot of, you know, a mm. lot of people get caught up in that, that that's the goal and that's the, the ticket. Mm. But it's not. It's actually your staff aren't ever envious of that stuff. Everyone's mm. got a car. Everyone will eventually have a house. It's That's the norm, right? It doesn't matter what size it is. It's the fact that the actual core values is your time away mm. from the salon to do the stuff you want to do, which I feel is now going to be embedded. Mm. Um, if salon owners think outside the box, they can realise that they can retain all of their staff long-term by managing their time better. That's the big thing, because I think that's the big challenge that we're seeing in uh, in the US, which obviously you know quite well, because we, um, yeah. we we had that, that uh, we had fun. <laughs> time on the couch uh, back, back yeah, uh, three or four years ago with, with the guys in LVP. But um, like in the States, for example, there's just been this huge rise of people going independent, of stylists going independent, right? And we started yeah, yeah. to see it happening in the UK as well. I mean, it's still really early mm -hmm. days, you know, compared to what's happened in the US in places like California, mm -hmm. where 90% of stylists are self-employed now. Um, yeah. But it's been driven by lifestyle. A huge amount of it's driven by lifestyle, right? Like it's like, Correct. I want to, you know, it, it can be a hard job if you're doing five days a week, long hours, like you're saying. And I want to just yeah. be more flexible. And if my boss won't give me that flexibility, I can go self-employed and be flexible, right? Like that's a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. And so what you're saying is kind of, I think quite powerful for salon owners to hear everywhere in the world that if you can give your team that flexibility or that lifestyle, then they go, the, the good yeah. ones are going to want to stay with you for a long, long time. And that's beneficial yeah. for them, beneficial for you, right? And your clients. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at it, Ronan, I mean, you say to any, any stylist now, right, listen, what's, what's the things that are most important to you since you've had time to pause through COVID and lockdown? What, is, mm. what have you, you realised? Family, having, having that time and realising that, you know, it's not about sitting on the sofa and collecting furlough. They all know that there's got to be work and they've got to, to get back and graft. But I think that they're like, I'd rather dig deep and graft and actually have more time off. Mm. Um, the same token, I think that the short-term mentality of hairdressers is very much, um, you know, let's go and cash in and make as much money as we can privately and independently. What what comes with that is security's gone. You know, the holidays, the sick pays, the 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 actual um, yeah, that that element of security. And I think that you know, with housing markets and the commercial world as we know it, it's going to change. And and in order to to be secure with mortgages and stuff like that, you know, self-employed, you have to have a three, four year background to be able to, to take those steps. So I think that actually it's, it's not, it sounds great on the, sh on the short surface, but I think if you can take your team on a journey with you that may 
be giving them a bit more time, giving them some of the fruits of the business as you grow as one. I think as a business owner, if you can grow um, more days in your salon and maybe have you know two teams that you can actually add a couple more in, the pop for the salon owner, before I would have, I knew where our cap was. I knew what we could earn over the course of a month. We had a ceiling that I knew roughly, if we're at capacity five days a week, this is how much we can earn. Mm. Well, that's gone up 40% based on how I now know that I can run this business with two bubbles, with more people in those bubbles, doing less days, but actually being more productive because over the course of a week, instead of doing five days, I'm actually, in essence, going to be doing an eight-day week, three days in each bubble with one day each on as well, home visits. So significantly, you can evolve your salon as a business owner mm. um, and you can give your staff time as well. Um, and it's the best of both worlds, I'll be honest. If I, if I said to well, I have a Zoom call with my managers, both Jack and James, weekly, and we just actually spoke yesterday. We had a Zoom call just to talk about the next stages for, for August and beyond. The irony of it was what they were both nervous to say, which I loved, is James actually said to me, well, you know, I want to be honest, but it's a, it's a tough one to say. I'm like, go on. He said, yeah, the team are actually loving it in our own little bubble. We do miss you guys, but we actually prefer it because it's not as crazy. We have more time to kind of mm. give to our clients. It feels less hectic, but it's a nice buzz. And then Jack, with the other bubble team, was saying, it's weird you say that because all our team have been saying exactly the same. Mm. And it's a point of actually having that honesty to overcome with the fact that when there's... 10 of you on the floor and it's bang, bang, bang and it's buzzy. You get to the end of the day, you're pooped, mm. you're knackered and you don't really feel like you've actually had any time or conversation with anyone else apart from your clients. But when it's actually a smaller team, you feel you've got to pull together more. You feel that there's, you're not just there by yourself as a hairdresser, you're actually as a, a little family even tighter. Like it was when I opened up in 2009. I opened up with five staff mm. and that's what it kind of feels like again in each bubble. Mm. So yeah. I would take it as a massive positive that, you know, it takes a lot of, and it's really important that your team are open and honest and show the pros and the cons. But I think in this little window, everyone helps each other. If there's someone with a quieter gap, the rest of the, the other four want to help them get busy. But when you're in 10 on the floor and one person's quiet, they get lost in translation. So um, I think there's a, a huge opportunity here. See, you're like I take it, James. You're staying with this now, like the. You're not I, I think, yeah. Going. After the conversation last night with the gents, yes, we've we've agreed to yeah, stay yeah, till yeah. this minimum to the first of November. Um, by which point, so thirty first of October, um, and yeah. then the plan for me there afterwards uh, with the team collectively is to probably introduce into each team comfortably another two stylists in each team, um, which will then allow us to hit figures that surpassed anything I could have ever imagined. Because yeah, we're going yeah. from 10 staff to, in essence, 14 staff um, who are all going to have more time, yeah, have yeah. more uh, const uh, constructive columns and, and actually capacity columns. Um, yeah. And I think people will love it. Um, and actually, the, the, the also, the other thing is, Ronan, is people love that versatility, right? We're hairdressers, we're in a salon. But actually being in a salon three days a week and actually doing home visits one day a week, um, you've only got to do two maybe three families at the most in a day, it probably takes you six hours as opposed to 10. And you can get through in a, in a home visit because they're going off, I know it sounds harsh to say this, but they're going off washing their hair and... Yeah, so how, how do you, actually, I'm, I'm yeah. fascinated by that because there is, you know, there's also that trend as well of will there be more mm -hmm. home visits generally? And are you, how do you price that compared to your, you know, if it's a yeah. 80 pounds in the salon with a senior yeah. stylist, how much is it in home? Is it is there extra? Because they're obviously traveling and they can't be doing work. So how do you figure that out? Or Yeah, so, so I'll tell you how we do it, right? So the way I've looked at this, Ronan, is if you envisage, and it's two things in the, in the immediate, right? In the immediate, the staff have got a rare opportunity to grow their column by 25, 30% because there's more people all of a sudden under that roof. And they've never had that. So for me, the point right now is I'm saying to the team, listen, it's your, it's your one day when you're doing your home visits. So when we're doing salon day, they're all salon. But when they're doing their home visits, the beauty is they're choosing three households that are literally within five minutes yeah, of each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. So they're not actually 
that so, so what we've tried to do is go right we're going into the the house but think about this right and right they're going into a house where the ladies or the gents for example um coming in they're being sprayed down they're not you're not faffing with the shampoos mm. and all of that they're actually coming into your chair prepared ready for now if it's a is it, if it's a color it's slightly different um, because obviously a lot of the colors we mm. try to to do keep in in salon but a lot of the ladies that are having tints in particular the tints are, are on and while they're developing you're cutting the gents yeah, hair they're going off yeah. rinsing the tints come down and then we're doing the cut so actually the prep time is all on that customer to do it themselves um, so we've done it that we're charging the same at, at home as in the salon but we're actually finding it Ronan that it's far far uh, quicker for us to get the home clients done far quicker so you just you ask them just to wash their hair in, in advance, all that kind of stuff. You're just saying, yeah, go and wash your hair. All that yes, kind. that's yeah, brilliant. Correct. Yeah, mm. yeah. With it, so, so if we're doing a family, actually, gents, it's not too bad. With a lot of the gents, obviously, you know, the consultations yeah. are paramount. So the day before, one of the stylists will have like a video call or something like that, which takes a couple of minutes just to speak with them, or they'll say when they arrive, let me have a look at your head dry parents, but for the kids, the young kids, they can they can spray them down or they can come down with their hair washed. Um, and they're often start with the kids why they've had time to actually look at the parents and actually how their hair sits and yeah. do a proper consultation. Um, but it's actually amazing in terms of if you don't take that platform as a salon owner, believe me, the stylists will get tempted because there's, it's, it's going to that's going to grow. That that opportunity yeah, yeah, to do yeah, families yeah. under the roof is going to grow. So you're better off bringing your team into that and saying, listen, we're actually going to support that. We want you to now yeah. do three days a week in salon, one day home visits, you've got the best of both worlds, and then you can have three days off a week with your family. It doesn't yeah. get much better than that, Ronan. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And they got all the security that comes with it. And you don't have to worry about owning your own business. Correct. So that's that's you get the flexibility without those st- extra stresses that people so, bring on. I, I think it's fantastic. Like, like the, the big things I've taken from this, and there's loads... But number one, um, this idea of re like re looking using this as an opportunity to re look at the way you roster your team, and actually yeah. that might be a limit on your growth and and what you can yeah. earn, and you just yeah. because that's the way it's always been done, like splitting your team into two groups, not only increases your revenue potential but actually keeps your your people happier and gives them more more time with their families, which then means Definitely. that pe- your good people are probably going to stay with you longer. So that is a Correct. huge learning um, which yeah. I don't think like I think I haven't heard this the way you've done it by anyone I've talked to I've talked to a good lot of people I have talked to a lot of people who are doing different shifts and things like this but I haven't heard it so eloquently put as this and the revenue upshot from it and the benefit for the yeah, people yeah, yeah. so that it's really there's something really big here and then the that other bit about going to people's houses as part of the the whole way you do it and both yeah. for the, the the stylists themselves, giving them that change and, and mixing it up. But also then it's opening yeah. up more revenue potential for you again, because it's new business 100%. that you wouldn't have been getting. So Definitely. those things alone. And, the, and, then, and then the other, sorry, and that, this will be almost not um, <laughs> glossing over the stuff at the start, which I thought was brilliant, which is where the salon can be the linchpin of a community because it has that amazing opportunity, as you've put it so well, of, of having those relationships with people and also being yeah. that linchpin that brings people together within a community. And then again, commercially, yeah. that obviously works out amazingly well because you're, you're introducing your brand to people, but it stands for something really important for the, for the community. Um, yeah. So there's something, yeah, there's, there's some amazing stuff there, James. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing it. Mate, it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. James, thank you very much. I look forward to talking to you again. You take care. Thanks, Phil. As salons and spas reopen, they're also shaping a new normal in which various processes are undergoing considerable changes. The feature you've been waiting for is here. You can now send consultation forms and disclaimers to clients and get all the information you need to prepare for their appointment before they arrive at your salon. Prepare, protect, pre-send. It couldn't be easier or safer. And with email and SMS sending options, you can reach every client in your salon's database. Pre-send consultation forms by Forest Salon Software. Get security and assurance with health checkboxes and client signatures for every appointment. It's time to get back in business with Forest. Standard SMS rates apply. Upgrade your package today and create unlimited customized service consultation forms using our simple form builder tool. Visit forest.com for more details.
And to wrap up the show, we just have a few more things to add to the episode. We only have one brand new course for you, but education doesn't stop there. Check out the catalogue of courses and series that we have available at your fingertips. Forest Academy is a 24-7 unlimited access to all the forest education you could need. Learn on demand, online or on the go. The new course that we are speaking about though is the online store sell products online. So what can you expect from this course? Well, it's a roughly 25 minute self-talk course showing you how to take your business to the next level, open up a brand new revenue stream and keep your loyal clients buying from your salon. This course will show you how to launch your very own branded online store give your products a new lease of life for their online shelf, retain clients for longer with your targeted marketing based on their purchase history, and finally, it'll show you how to fulfill client orders in seconds. If you want to find out more about Forest Academy, just email forestacademy at forest.com. And if you're not yet subscribed to the Forest FM newsletter, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM, click that subscribe button at the top of the page and get the show's weekly email containing all the additional content and resources provided by our guests. If you're eager to learn more, you can also check out the Forest blog where leaders love to learn. On the Forest blog, you can look for topics on leadership, management, salon success, and you'll also get insights from the industry's top experts. Recent blogs, for instance, how to maintain a post-lockdown, top quality salon experience, 10 tips to raise your salon prices without losing clients, or even stimulating salon income in a time of social distancing, which is still very much the case at the minute. So like I said, that's the Forest blog. And for each article, you'll also have an estimated reading time. And usually our articles go from three to seven minutes in reading time. On that note, that's all we got for this week. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forest FM or this episode specifically, we're very easy to reach. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or you can also leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcast. We take them just as seriously as we take user voice comments and suggestions. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.